Hello, everyone. This is Stories from the Well, a podcast brought to you by The Well, a faith community in Tulsa that gathers every week around a shared meal to help each other find our place in God's story. We do that through food, conversation, fun, music, and of course, storytelling. Often, our story is from the life of Jesus, but sometimes it is from history or happenings in our world or from one of us. The Stories from the Well podcast highlights the experiences of people we think are doing good things and have something meaningful to say about life and faith. You can listen on a walk or in the car or with friends and family around the dinner table. And as you listen, ask yourself this question. Why does this person's story matter to me? Welcome to our table. Welcome to Stories from the Well. Well, everyone, welcome to Stories from the Well. This is our New Year's uh, New Year's Day 2023 uh, edition, and our theme, because it's New Year's, is starting over. And I've invited my friend Titus Wright to come and share a little of his story, uh, and I just think the theme of starting over has so many implications for our lives in so many areas. And I love his story. I love the things that we've gotten to talk about in the time that I've known him. And I thought it would be cool and it would be encouraging to other people to hear his story. Um, so welcome, Titus. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to give your time while you're home on break from college. Yeah, of course. And... Uh, I met Titus. We just were discussing this. I thought it had been two and a half years, but we he's corrected me. I think it's been a year and a half, but I met him at the Northwest Hub, which is a community center run by The Common Good, a Tulsa nonprofit that is working in the 74127 neighborhood to bridge gaps um, in services and economics and just be a place, a haven in the community for people to come and to build community and to uh, just have access to resources they may not have otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the hub. I'm a big part of, um, it's a big part of what I love to do. I lead a girls club there with a a group of great women. And it's, that's where I met Titus. He was working one summer when I was there volunteering, right? Yeah. Yeah. And our friend Gretchen Gillett introduced us and she was like, you guys need to meet. And so I met Titus and he told me a little of his story. And then about three weeks later, um, we were the well was meeting at Kane's Ballroom here in Tulsa um, every other Sunday, and he came. He and and he stayed, which yes. was super fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I won't tell too much more because I think some of it is his story to tell. But we just were so grateful to have him as a part of the well, and we still are. It's just that he's in college now, um, in another place, which he'll tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of how we met. And this theme of starting over, uh, I've watched you, Titus. I've watched you kind of dig deeper to understand yourself in the last few years, to understand your faith, uh, to figure out what starting over looks like for you. And so I really did. I thought people would be encouraged by this story. Maybe some other college-age young people would be encouraged, but also you've encouraged me. So I just feel like a lot of folks might listen to this and go, I understand that. That makes sense. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, he kept going and, and wasn't afraid to start over. So that's my little teaser. <laughs> now I'm going to be quiet. I want you to just tell us a little bit about, about you. Let people know a little bit more about you than, you know, just my teaser. Um, okay. Anything you want to share about your first... Are you 21 now? I'm 20. Okay. See, I keep trying to make him older too. So <laughs> your first... 20, when's your birthday? September 21st. Okay, everybody mark your calendar. You can send him a card on September 21st. Because he'll be the 20, he'll be 21 on the 21st. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy because of the song, too. Yeah. Uh, if you know. Oh, do you remember? Yeah. The 21st? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And like they all wanted to hear my raspy <laughs> singing on this. Sorry. Sorry. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your first 20 years of life. Anything you want us to know about family, school? Highlights, like just tell us about Titus. All right, uh, I will do my best to give a summary. Okay. <laughs> um, so I grew up a pastor's kid. I was born in Southern Indiana. Uh, I was born in Indianapolis, but we were living in 
Odin, Indiana. Odin. Where's yeah. that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, it is near Bloomington, like okay. 30 minutes, where it's just where the IU campus is. Okay. Uh, it was small enough where the basketball uh, court and the high school didn't have a three-point line yet. Wow. So okay. uh, that's where we started. Okay. <laughs> and that's where it all began. Yeah. <laughs> and then we lived in Topeka, Kansas for four years. Okay. Uh, we moved there like briefly before my fifth birthday. Uh, and then we lived in Washington, Indiana, different small town in Indiana. Okay. Uh, and then we lived there for six years and we moved here uh, beginning my freshman year of high school. Oh, okay. And so this is like six years here, five yeah. or six years now. Yeah. So I think you've probably told me that, but I forgot you moved here at the beginning of high school. Uh, I actually moved after freshman year. Oh, after I, freshman I, year. I spoke. So. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I remember that moving in high school thing. So yeah, that's uh, that's always interesting. Can be an adventure, but also can be hard adjustment. So it was something, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little mix of both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was used to kind of moving around, yeah. just being pastor's kid. So yeah, mobile. Yeah. Um, and you are the oldest, correct? Yes. And then of how many sibs? Uh, there are five of us now. <laughs> <laughs> My. Yeah, they Big kept family. adopting. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's two of them that are adopted. Yeah. Okay, five. So there's five of you total. Yes. Okay, so you have four siblings. Yeah. And you are the elder. Yes. The elder brother. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else would you love people to know about you? And by the way, he's not a person that loves going around telling you what he loves about himself or what he wants you to know about him, but we're going to like tease it out of him. <laughs> um, yeah, I always struggle in this part. And it's interesting because my fallback is usually the pro gaming thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're allowed to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, so I was under contract for a team uh, like sophomore year or whatever. I did not know this. Yeah. So I got paid monthly to, you know. Are you kidding? Playing tournaments under their name or whatever. Super cool. Yeah. How long did you do that? Uh, I mean, so with that team, it was probably around a year or whatever. Uh, recently, I competed in like a tournament run by G4 uh, in Pokemon Unite. So that was fun. Okay. How do you get discovered for that? Because I'm pretty sure there's a 16-year-old downstairs in his room at my house that would love to know. How do I get in on that gig? So, I mean, you start you start at the bottom. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You... Uh, you know, you look up, use the internet, use Twitter, whatever, to find where, like, competitive uh, outlets are. You find the Discord server for, like, the game, usually. Right. And usually there's people looking for teams in the Discord server or looking for players or whatever. Uh, and you just hop on whatever team you can at the beginning. <laughs> and, and then, then somebody then... sees that you can play and offers you a job. Uh, some point in there, yeah. There's wow. There's a lot in between, but yeah. <laughs> Cool. How long did you play competitively before you got paid to pay play? So, um, the first game I played was Clash Royale, and I remember downloading it in like seventh grade when it came out. Okay. And eventually, I just got better than all my friends, and so I was probably playing competitively by eighth grade freshman year. Um, and so you know, there's little tournaments. That game was like a single player game, so you could like get in on tournaments. If you won the tournament or did well enough, you'd make money. Mm -hmm. Um. So I kind of did that at first. Eventually, once you work your way enough around the scene enough, you know, you're signed and getting paid like salary. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I did not know this. This is this is. I've heard him talk about going to play games <coughs> in groups at like gaming centers, but I actually don't think I realized you'd gotten paid. So that's yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm in gaming royalty presence right now. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so anything else? Like, what about what else in high school? Uh, high school, I was pretty quiet. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't talk to many people. I had, like, a small group of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent a lot of time on the internet, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on the internet, so um, that's where we spent most of our time. Um, and then how did you get connected with uh, the hub, the Northwest hub where we met? So the dad, my the church my dad was pastoring at at the time, uh, Osage Hills Christian Church, uh, was is near the hub, mm -hmm. and so they worked there. And you know we do like service things right. on the weekends or whatever. And I'd, I first I just helped with that, and then they were like, yeah, you can just volunteer, right? And I was like, 
okay, I'll go volunteer. And so I played basketball with people. And <laughs> it's a fun volunteer uh, game, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Um, Gig, sorry. Yeah, so played a lot of basketball, volunteered. Um, that's kind of how I heard about it. And then there's like, that was before I went to school for the first time. And then there's some times after the school where I actually started working yeah, there. Yeah, I worked there. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, that brings us to kind of our, I wanted them you to tell a little bit about yourself, but that kind of brings us to um, the kind of my first question that is along the lines of starting over. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about, um, you know, before you met, you had your first semester of college and that like, first of all, that really wasn't all that you had hoped it would be. Um, and so I, we briefly talked about that, but then also your dad got sick with COVID during that time. Yeah. Um, and so those two experiences kind of intersected with each other, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So in fall of, was it 2020? I went to a school uh, for college, and I went for theology at first. Uh, I had been reading all the philosophers and listening to way too much N.T. Wright. Anybody <laughs> knows who that is? Uh, yes. It's great if you don't read, read <laughs> N.T. Wright. And so I was like, I'm going to go for theology. I'm going to do all theology things. And I went to the school, and the first week there, I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> you knew right away. I knew immediately. Um, wow. So it was like, it, on paper, it looks like a good financial decision. It's close to people. Uh, it's close to my family. It's, you know, there's a lot of like logistical things where it works out. But I went and it was like, this isn't for me, hmm. you know? Um, so that was like this new discovering that like, oh, something can line up completely logistically and not be the right thing yeah. necessarily. Um, so that's kind of what that was. Um yeah, I just, there were a lot of things where I felt uh, lost in that space. Uh, it was a Christian college, um, but I felt lost in the space. I didn't feel like I'd fit in. Um, I looked around and everyone looked like me, but I didn't feel like I fit in. Uh, so that was, that was an interesting dynamic. I think, so this was fall 2020. So I think this was uh, at the point where like, I started to recognize like race mm-hmm. and the way um, my faith and in, gets involved with that. Uh, so because I went to the school and I'm white and everyone around me was white and I was like, this doesn't seem uh, like an accurate depiction of what I envision the kingdom of God to be. Wow. And so why would I act that out in my life if that's not really what I believe in? Um, so I... That was one of the things, one of the reasons I think I kind of left. And uh, yeah, so that was that. I left after that semester ended. And we were going to talk about my dad getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got home, I left early because I got sick with COVID. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So I was, um, that was like over Thanksgiving. So I had things, I had COVID over Thanksgiving of fall 2020 and I'm stuck in a room for 14 days. So when I'm stuck in the room, I'm researching colleges <laughs> and this will, we'll, we'll call back to this later, but okay. I'm going to at least drop it now. Um, so I'm researching colleges and I find this school called Nyack College. And the way I got to there was I researched diverse Christian colleges <laughs> because awesome. I wanted diversity of thought and I mm-hmm. wanted um, people that didn't look like me and I wanted something crazy. And it was in New York City. <laughs> and I came out of the room and over that Thanksgiving, my parents were like, you're crazy. And so you're not going to New York City, um, <laughs> which is valid. <laughs> so... Um, they thought it's the COVID. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, like I'm, I was born in Odin, Indiana. It's yeah. kind of valid to be like New York City, huh? Well, um, you know what I think of it. Yeah. Um, you know the Pace uh, Picani commercial where someone goes, "This salsa is made in New York City." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that when people look at us in the Midwest and go, "You're going where?" Yeah. It's like, New York City. Sorry. Yeah. One of my pastors on Cheesy stage there recently did a Southern accent and. It's always so funny to hear people that don't have Southern accents do Southern accents. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that was that where I kind of looked at the school, mm-hmm. found that. Um, over Christmas, my dad had COVID. And so um, he, was, he had COVID bad. And so 
on New Year's of on New Year's Eve of that day, I remember I'm going into work and my mom's taking my dad to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I'm like, I, I go into work. And for me, like at that point in time, I just like, if I had emotional struggles, I was just, like imported my work. You know, right. I, I was just going to ignore it. I was just going to work. We're going to be good. So like I, I told someone and they were like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be okay? <laughs> so I proceeded to work through that. Um, and then uh, over like the course of January, my dad's in the hospital. I'm just like stuck in this space where it's like, my dad just keeps getting more sick and eventually he's going to get out, right? Like mm-hmm. he's going to get out, right? So, um, but he keeps getting more sick and I can't see him. Only my mom can see him because only one peop- one person is allowed to visit the hospital. And so he's getting sick with COVID and it's January and January feels like the longest month ever with this. Um, I remember February, like early on in February, uh, First of all, the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl, so that was exciting again. <laughs> uh, Something to look forward to. Yeah, me and my dad were always huge Chiefs fans together. Like I, I watched the Chiefs win the first Super Bowl, and and, and I don't want inter- to I don't want to interrupt too much, but yeah. you so you'd already decided at this point you definitely did not go back to school, so you'd stayed home. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was home at this point. <laughs> um, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and I remember that Sunday before Chiefs lose the Super Bowl, and they lose bad. <laughs> Uh, fortunately, my dad is not conscious enough at this point to, like, know they lost that bad. Mm. Uh, I was like, no one is telling him. <laughs> um, he's not finding this out. Because, uh, like, it would, like, be heartbreaking for him. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I remember that Tuesday, I get home from work, and for some reason, that day at work, I had gotten, like, super stressed. Mm. Like, more stressed than usual. And I come home, and my mom brings all the kids together in the living room, and she's like... They say your dad has maybe a week to live unless something changes drastically. Wow. Uh, he's on life support right now. And we're going to go visit him tomorrow. At that point, I did not know what tomorrow would hold. Um, so we go to the hospital the next day on a Wednesday. And um, my dad is in the hospital and I see him and... Um, I turn to my brother and I say he looks like Darth Vader, like when they take the mask off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was me trying to make light of like right. that moment. Yeah, you do. You try to make light of it. Yeah. But also, I still Just think he looks like Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hmm. we we see him and uh, yeah, and then my mom tells us like we're gonna like this is gonna be the last day we see him. And so I spent time. This is goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I get my long time with him. I know them. And that's the last I've seen my dad since then. So that was February 9th of 2021. Those aren't exactly days you forget. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's in your your mind. Um, And then did he pass away that week? Uh, yeah, so February 9th, like, they took him off life support, and he okay. passed away that day. So you, the whole family was allowed to go see him? Yeah. He passed away? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of letting that sit for a second. Yeah. We've talked about this a little, but it's really, it's hugely personal and private, and I don't, I want to give it the space it needs. That's a huge, that's, I, I can't even imagine. And, and just so you know, and we've talked about this. I mean, my yeah. dad passed away the next month. So mm. um, he was affected. He didn't have COVID, but he was affected by COVID. But like, yeah. so we lost our, I mean, and obviously I'm in a very different season of life. But yeah. We lost our dads within about six weeks of each other. Yeah. Um, but I didn't meet you till the next summer. So, or you that, summer, that summer. That yeah. summer, yeah. yeah. Um, gosh. That, that was a year of tough endings. Yeah. You know, you ended uh, a school semester that didn't wasn't anything you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Lost your dad. 
Um, how are you, how are you feeling at that point? Can you even, you said earlier, like you go to work and you kind of throw mm. yourself in your work. Like, were, were you able to even connect with how you felt mm. in those days or were you numb? Were you... So, uh, this actually takes me to experience I had on the day. Okay. Um, there's this lady at the hospital and, uh, she's one of the chaplains mm-hmm. do women have the same name for chaplain mm-hmm. the same okay they do. okay so yeah she comes out and she's like are you all right <laughs> and i'm like bawling outside of the room i would just have my head down like none of my family's with me because they're okay. in i didn't want to see him like when they pulled it yeah and so i'm like all alone i got my alone time i'm sitting all alone out in the lobby or whatever and the lady comes out she's she walks by me once and she doesn't say anything. Then she comes back and like walks back again. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, my dad dies today. Oh, wow. That's all she hears. <laughs> and so, oh, um, but she talks about, she had known my dad while he was in the hospital mm-hmm. at the time. So they all, most of the people in the area like knew him and knew who he was. And so he, she asked if I want to go to the chapel, uh, because she knows he's, pastor or whatever um and i i share the same faith so uh, i go there and um i'm gonna keep details about the woman of mystery just for fun (laughs) okay Uh, uh so but she takes me to there and uh you know i'm crying she's walking me through it and um she shares with me this passage uh from psalm 42 uh the third verse and it's david when he's on the run from solomon and it's david like in complete despair at this point mm-hmm. and he writes this thing in psalm 42 3 and he says my tears have been my food all day and night mm-hmm. and so um that's been a verse that has kind of resonated with me since that happening and i always remember that experience in that moment so that's been a verse I've carried with me for a while, uh, and I've tried to, you know, act out and be okay with crying. And, you know, like, so I think after the moment, I really made a point of trying to grieve. Uh, I didn't really know how to grieve. Hmm. Um, and so I don't think we typically do, like, talk about grieving. Um, we don't. Yeah. I remember... Uh, my girlfriend told me about reading Lamentations and she was like, I hate this. They're talking about like women eating their own babies and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, and I read Lamentation. I'm like, that's sick. <laughs> uh, you have a whole different filter for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is a pretty like rough uh, book of the Bible. But I remember reading that and being like, uh, um, trying to grieve and like un- trying to like think deeper about the book of Job. Uh, where, you know, he loses everything and there isn't really a clear answer. Right. It's just kind of like this space where there isn't an answer, but there kind of is. So uh, I spent a lot of time trying to grieve and trying to cry. At first I didn't. It was kind of like walking through for a while. Um, But yeah, I think since then it's been uh, like processing and trying to give that space for my feelings and trying to grow in that. Yeah. Did it impact your faith? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not in a negative way, but Mm -hmm. I think it changed the way I view a lot of things in faith. Um, And like how I approached, you know, work and, you know, when should I work and how do I approach work with a healthy mindset Mm -hmm. um, from rest, you know, so... Yeah, in some ways, I think it just, uh, I don't think it ever took away from my faith. I think it just helped me grow in it. So, yeah. And it even sounds like, I don't want to venture away from this too quickly, but yeah. it does sound like you were already on a path of trying to, I wouldn't use the word deconstruct, but it sounds, because I feel like you've, you've, um, you've just been reframing what you grew up with, right? Yeah. And just saying, how do I live this out? Yeah. Um, and, and realizing how you don't want to live it out yeah. and where you don't want, you know, where it doesn't, it isn't the places that it's not helping you yeah. be true and authentic yeah. in what you believe. 
Um, so that um, kind of brings me to this question, and I wonder if this is, you would have to tell me if it's applicable. Um, and first of all, I just say thank you for sharing that with us, for trusting us with that story. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think thousands of people are going to hear this, but, you know, the, the folks that will listen, um, I, I just think knowing that somebody understands yeah. that sense of loss, yeah. um, those goodbyes, is it's important to encourage each other. Um, but you, you've described to me um, some of the last few years as a time of in-between for you. Yes. Um, can you talk more about that? What has the in-between been? Yeah, so I think uh, I kind of developed this off of some of my views in theology, mm-hmm. where um, after reading N.T. Wright's stuff, <laughs> uh, Surprised by Hope, great book. Yes, I'm so proud that he's, I just want you to know I'm super proud he's an N.T. Wright fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, some of the things he talks about is how we've kind of um, like gotten our view of heaven and hell wrong in the Western church, uh, really just in the church as a whole, I think. Mm-hmm. Um um, and how, like, you know, we typically think of, like, heaven and hell as places you just, like, go after you die. Um, but he kind of points out how, you know, most of the New Testament is about God bringing heaven down to earth and reclaiming what we, like, once knew as, like, the Garden of Eden type mm-hmm. state of living. Uh, and so I think a lot of the time I experience the state of, oh, so I live in, like, the earth as it is right now, but I'm constantly trying to move forward and grow into, like, how I how this place ought to be, you know, how this place should be. Um, if things, if justice was brought about and peace was had. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I love that. living in this space of in between of like, I am where I am now and I want to try and get to this place, but I'm still stuck in between. Um, and I think I felt that way in a lot of how I was living, um, you know, where my dad's past, I'm not really in it anywhere. It feels like, I don't know, like, I'm not working like a job that I think I'm going to work for the rest of my life. And I'm not at school right now. I'm living with my mom and my siblings because we're dealing with the passing of our dad. Uh, and so there's a lot of this just, and you know, some people might say like, you know, you should like try and get back up and figure it out. But it's like, I'm grieving at the time, and if I don't properly grieve when I get back up and do things, I'm not going to be doing anything that's helpful for me or anyone else. And so it's better for me to exist in the space in between because there I move towards something that will be helpful. So you found yourself in this place of in between. Like mm-hmm. you didn't ask for it, you didn't look for it, you didn't want it. No. But it happened. Yeah. But then you didn't reject it and you didn't try to avoid it. Yeah. That's, I don't know, I don't know many, because you're 19 at the time probably, how many 19-year-olds, or adults for that matter, that like initially understand that. That's huge. I'm curious, and I've met your mom. I love your mom. She's wonderful. Yeah. But I'm curious, since I've never met your dad, how much of this ability to cope and to... um move in the direction you've moved do you think was influenced by your dad i didn't know him i've heard he was great yeah but um what did he teach you some things that you've been able to really hold on to in all of this yeah um so i think i i definitely take a lot from my dad and trying to move uh towards the path that i felt he already had kind of set for me and mm-hmm. I, at at the time i was like okay this is my dad's not like my dad is going to move things forward for people uh and he's going to like bring about this change. And I never saw it as me doing that. Um, but then my dad dies and he leaves this big open space of hmm. here's all the dreams and here's all the things that he had been working towards. And what happens to them now? And like, do I just like take that on or do I try and find something new or like do something completely different or do I try and find something that's maybe in between where Mm. I both take on some of the things my dad had been working towards but also you know I'm still myself and I'm not just 
trying to be my dad, but also it's not right. like I'm trying to throw everything out. Was that, that part of the in between journey too? Yeah. What what have you concluded that yet? I mean, you may not you may not be through that, but like I think it's it's one thing to like honor our parents' legacy, like to yeah. live into the kind of way they live that we're like that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. And then it's another thing to carry on an actual you know, a tangible dream or project. Which of those, where have you ended up on both of those? Does that make sense? Uh, so trying to honor my parents' legacy and trying to create a tangible yeah, so dream or project. I, where, what are you trying to, like, where are you choosing to, like, honor your dad's yeah. legacy and dreams? And then the second part of the question is, and is that res- going, you know, after you've kind of sorted through all this, is that resulting in you trying to follow a path that's finishing something he started? Yeah. Or just figuring out what it looks like for you? Yeah. So I think I saw a lot in the way he helped and cared about people. And the way he knew how to exist in a space where he could address the way the church has done things for a long time and also respect that, but also move towards something that we've been missing. <sighs> And so... Wish I'd known him. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I remember he got his master's, like, um, like not long before he died. Like, he really didn't have much time to do with the master's. Really? So, he got his, like, master's in, like, first, first century Judaism or something cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he, I remember, because I remember he had also gone to therapy. Uh, he needed to in order for, to be able to adopt our newest brother Mm -hmm. because they told him he was too stressed. And so my dad started going to therapy. Um, He was the first one in our family to go to therapy. And so I think that meant a lot too, where it was like, okay, he did this and he's shown like that it worked. Um, And so he did that and he, um, and he, and he, I think that was part of where he really learned to meet people where they were emotionally and also like help, people move forward and so that's one thing like I'm a white guy from Oklahoma Kansas Indiana like (laughs) I'm not I don't think I'm like exactly born into an environment where I'm like on the other side of things but I know where I do come from and I know people that come from what I come from like I can at least try and understand like how do I move forward from where I'm at that's huge. That's yeah. awesome. Um, gosh. What what was your dad's name? James. James. I just want to say his name. Yeah. James Wright. Yeah. Wow. Um, what an incredible um, journey he began you on. Yeah. And I'm just excited to see you live into that because that's what I see. Everything you're saying about him, like, um, uh, I don't know him, but I know Titus, and that sounds a lot like Titus. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. That is just a lot to think about. I'm just going to kind of pause here for a second and let people take all that in. Okay, so Titus, it was it was this time of deep loss for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yet, as time went by, as you lived in this in-between, as you tried to sort through and grieve properly, um, there were some hopeful beginnings. Uh, can you share about that with us? Can you talk to us about going to work at the Common Good or the, the Hub mm-hmm. and joining the spiritual community at the Well? Uh, how did those new things in your life impact you? Um, and yeah, I, there's another question here, but I want to wait on that. So how, how did, talk about those two things and how they impacted you. Yeah. So I went and joined, um, the common good, uh, slash Northwest Tulsa hub about July, I would say July, August of 2021. So I went and worked there. Uh, it was good. Um, it was a time to kind of decompress from everything that happened. Um, Spend time kind of like working with people that also knew what it was like to be in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. 
and then the well, yeah, I met you July, August of, mm-hmm. of uh, 2021. Uh, I started going to the well, which uh, I really enjoyed. It was good. It was like a different, it was fresh from what I'd experienced growing up in the church. Uh, it was, yeah, it was very new. <laughs> now that I think back to it, I'm like, ah, oh, this is a huge culture shock. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a good culture shock. So uh, I loved I loved having music, uh, just kind of play, and being able to eat. That was great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm very simplistic. <laughs> we got food, we got music, we're chilling. Yeah, it just boils down to the food and the music, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but it was good to talk with people and... Um, see people in church that I hadn't normally see in the same church settings as I'd been in. Uh, so that was good. Um, and, you know, introduce new concepts in terms of like lessons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was, it was really, uh, really good to have that. Yeah. What about, um, I know when we talked about, <clears throat> well, I know we're getting ready to come back to talking about Nyack college, but yeah. what about your experiences at, um, the well, were there things there that gave you a picture of the thing you were missing at, at college before? Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, it, it was a church that was actively acting out, like kind of what I wished the college was acting out mm-hmm. to. So that was good. Um, and like I could tell the church cared about people. Uh, and I, I wanted to be a part of that. So um church tried things you know sometimes things don't like (laughs) work out perfectly but at least it's like trying new things and so uh it was good uh there were a lot of like little fun things like thrown in like the ash ash wednesday or Mm -hmm. sunday um and you know having meeting i remember meeting at the i don't remember their names but the house where we first had like afghan refugees yeah the haney's yeah Yeah, and so you know that was kind of a fun day because we played soccer and you know it was kind of like outside people i know like ate on blankets or prayed and whatever so that was cool um there were a lot of yeah there's just a lot of really fun things uh, in terms of service and like trying new practices within Mm -hmm. the church that i think uh i think were very nice and i think what i was kind of looking for yeah. I appreciate that. I I definitely um am a little bit or a lot um ADD. And so uh, one of the things that one of my old ministry bosses used to tell me is that yeah. I try too many things at once or throw things out before I give them a chance to work. So once in a while I can give people whiplash, trying new things <laughs> that lends itself well when you're starting a church because you really do have to be able to let go of something if it doesn't work. Yeah. Um but Sometimes we are, you know, we have tried to start something like, whoops, that's not going to work or yeah. how wish that had gone better. Um, but I feel like definitely when we hosted the dinner for the new Afghan neighbors in Tulsa, it, I think even though, um, you know, we've had a small part in helping with that in Tulsa, yeah. the few things that we've been able to do, I think it's given our folks a vision of like how how much you can extend a hand of friendship, you know, yeah. outside of your regular church experience. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, we made a few friends through that. So, um, were there, were there other beginnings during that time that made a difference? Other new starts or starting over experiences that maybe I don't even know about that hmm. you're like, yeah, that made a difference too. That was when I, uh, played with, the most recent team I played with in terms of gaming. Okay. That's when we did the G4 tournament and okay. whatnot. So that was fun. I think uh, that was actually a really great experience. Um, I'm still friends. Like I drive down to Dallas sometimes to visit one of the yeah. games I play with. Um, but that was that was great because I think one of the things I learned there was like uh, being in competition one night. It kind of taught me how to think. And so we we're really critical in like you know growth and don't like don't minimize ourselves. Don't say that like we can't grow or we can't do a thing because like really just means like we haven't figured it out yet. Hmm. And so, um, learning how to grow and like think, uh, and developing good thought processes. Uh, I think that was, that was really helpful for me at the time. We ended up like breaking up, you know, band breaks up eventually. (laughs) It was a good run. So, um, not, not any hard terms, but like, you know, it was good. Uh, I think it was a good experience. Yeah. That's cool that, I mean, you 
you probably know, yeah. gaming doesn't always have a great, you know, get a great response from people yeah. in terms of, you know, I don't want my kid playing games all the time. Yeah. Right? So for you to talk about uh, what you learned through it, yeah. about how to, you know, be a healthier human being, mm-hmm. how to encourage other people, you know, how yeah. to support each other on a team. That's cool. Yeah, it was I think it's a, it's a good shout out for gaming. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times it can get a bad rep. And I think uh, you have to be intentional about what you're trying to do, because I think in some circles, you know, it can be can be kind of toxic and people can just be like in any competitive situation. People are just trying to like get ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to have a team because, you know, then at least we're still trying to get ahead. But at least five of us are banding together. Yes, we're trying <laughs> to get ahead together. <laughs> so, um, you know, you learn good conflict navigation and like uh a win can only mean something if you first like respect the other opponent and so like if you don't see them as good you can't like ever see yourself as being good at the game so it's good that's like really deep say that again a win can only mean something if you respect the other side first well there is our summary of all the work we're doing in polarization also (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know we talk about polarization in our country the toxic, you use the word toxic, toxic polarization where it's a zero-sum game where somebody gets to win and somebody has to lose. Yeah. And even though in a competition, yes, there's a winner and there's a loser, Yeah. you just described the way we want people to be treated mm-hmm. in situations where, A, there is a winner or a loser, but the, the right way to, to come at that. Yeah. But then you also described the way we want to treat each other when we just disagree. Yeah. Do you feel like that that taught you, like you've been able to carry that over into those places in your life? Yes, yes, for sure. So one thing that, I, that I've that i recognized is like, it feels like a hindrance to not give my best to this person. Even if my best is something that like, is going to make them lose at this time. Like if I'm playing another team mm-hmm. and I and I'm going to beat this team, even if it's like a terrible team, it's still better for me to actually like completely stomp on them <laughs> than to withhold because right. if I withhold, then that doesn't give them the opportunity for growth, right? And sometimes you need a good like you need just your ego crushed because uh, maybe you thought you were doing better than you actually were, and like you can't grow unless like if I don't make give them the reasons why how they can improve. Uh, not like verbally, but at least through the game, um, then how are they ever going to do that? So in your own, so you, we, the way you're coming at it, like some people might come at it to crush someone just to crush them. Yeah. You're, you're saying if I beat them, I want to honor the fact that they've got the potential to rise higher, to do more, to be better, to grow. (laughs) Yeah. There's probably a lot of coaches out there be like, yes, what he said. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, okay, so you had this season, this in-between, um, had just working through all these things, had these new experiences, a new faith community, um, a new place to work and to grow and to kind of like explore, um, and a place I'm sure brought you very much in into the presence of, um, you know, community needs yeah. and, and despair, you know, uh, and gaps mm-hmm. for people. That maybe, you know, the needs that you and I take for granted yeah. sometimes are not just as easily accessible for the folks yeah. that we know that come to the hub. So um, so you have that. And then I love this moment. I, like it's etched in my memory. Last summer, I think it was early June. Okay. We were had a, we just finished one of our community dinners and you asked me at the end if I could write a rec for you for Nyack College. And I had yeah. actually, I'd kind of heard of Nyack, but I did not know where it was. And I was like, sure. And then I go home and I look it up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I had that Pace Picani sauce commercial in New York City. Which, by the way, I'm not from Oklahoma originally, so I don't know why I keep going back to that <laughs> joke. But um, I actually grew up in a bigger city too. But... Uh, I just remember thinking, Titus, like, you know, he's from, you know, Sand Springs, Oklahoma. He's in Sand Springs. So yeah, Sand Springs. You know, it's a small, small suburb of Tulsa, always grown up in these small towns. And I was like, he wants to go to New York City for college. Okay. <laughs> so then I was super curious about what was going on in your head. And, um, and so 
I just was one excited that you had gotten to the place of wanting to go back to college and try yeah. again and try something different. So, I mean, we talked about this, but tell me about that decision. Obviously, you've already given us that little mm. teaser that you discovered it earlier, and I know they've changed their name too. So I was going to let you because yeah. I always forget their new name. Yeah. So tell us about Nyack. Tell us about your fall. Tell us about the decision to get there and and what what that's been like. All those things. Yeah. So um, as I, as I mentioned, uh, late in twenty twenty one, I came out of the room from COVID and told my parents I wanted to go to New York City, and they told me I was that sounded ridiculous, uh, <laughs> which it did. <laughs> if you didn't know anything that was going on behind it, um, so. They were like, God, New York City, that's a long ways away. Um, so that's going to know that one. After my dad passed away, obviously, the time of grieving for both me and my mother. Um, so I think I think at that time, my mom kind of thought through a lot of the things for me. This is 2022 now. Um, and so I've, I've been working at The Hub and um, somewhere yeah, in there, I think I... You know, my best friend had left, and it didn't feel like there was much for me. Like, I wasn't going to, like, move up anywhere or anything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I come home one night, and I'm, like, distraught. And my mom is, like, painting our bedroom uh, because my brother, we're going to make it just for my mm -hmm. little brother. I'd, like, been trying to find ways to move out or whatever. Uh, and so, uh, she had been mentioning Nyack a few times. Oh, really? This. Yeah, okay. so she'd mentioned it at like little in-between months or whatever. Been like, maybe you should reconsider it. And I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think in my head, uh, in a lot of ways, it seemed like too good of an idea. I didn't really think things could play out well. Mm. Uh, but it was at my point of desperation where I agreed to it. Um, and so I was like, I don't even know what I'd do. And she's just like, because I didn't want to do theology again. Because um, I think I kind of navigated like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and she's like, just do business because it's broad enough you can go into whatever. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do business because I can just do whatever then. It sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what I specifically wanted to do. So I was like, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was June or July of this year, uh, 2022. Uh, it's about to be 2023. But where I decided to go, July we visit New York, and I visit the campus or whatever, and I'm like, and it's in New York City now. It's in Lower Manhattan. Uh, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what I was expecting. This is what I wanted. Uh, so this is where I belong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you felt that. Yeah. So visited in July, and then I went to school in September. <laughs> it was a very fast turnaround. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So. Well, how, so you said at your first college, you're like, after a week, you're like, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Tell us how you felt after your first week at Nyack. I had like friends. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I wasn't even like friends with dudes. My three friends were like three girls and they were all like social work majors, social yeah. work and psych. And so, uh, and this was like the first time in my life. It was weird. Um, because one of my friends was like half Puerto Rican, half black. The other one was uh, half Hispanic, half black. And then the third was, like, this white French girl. Like, she grew up in France. And so these were my friends, and it was, like, you know, we'd go get ice cream together. Uh, we had good times. So, yeah, that was... So your worldview just exploded the first week you were there. Yeah. I think in some way I, like, was ready for this sort of yeah. thing. But I know you were, yeah. But I, I just, like, didn't have the things to fill it in, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, I, I guess I should re I should restate that. I've been watching uh, Titus's worldview grow and expand over the last couple of years, and I think it was all happening before I even met him. But yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. You got to see it, like you get to live it. Yeah. You get to live that that worldview that's been growing. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah, it was weird because I'm like super introverted, and then on orientation, I make three friends and I hang out with them like all the time, and I was like. That's new. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah, definitely my first weekend, I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted. So, let's go from here. What, uh, tell me about your... What's been fun for me is a couple times as well, he's like texting me and said, hey, have you read this book? Have you done this? And like, that's just so fun for me to... 
I just feel like there's a there's a light, um, there's an energy that mm-hmm. has been maybe it was there but like has been the fan the flame has been fanned or mm-hmm. something has ignited like there's an energy and a, an enthusiasm yeah with what you're experiencing that I I have totally felt every time we've touched base mm-hmm. um, can you talk about that do you <laughs> now that I've said I sense it <laughs> it'd be yeah. really great if you tell me that it's actually real <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah, I, tell I th- me about that I think it, I think it is real um, I've I've definitely felt in a lot of ways, like I've been able to see the ways in which I want to, like how I could see the rest of my life playing out and, um, you know, what I want to do, uh, what space I want to work in, how can I do that? Um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely been able to read a lot of things that like I wanted to read. I just didn't like have the resources, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, and learn a lot of things I knew were out there, but couldn't find. Um, so you know, there's the U2 song that's still found what I'm looking for. I, yeah, maybe I have. <laughs> no, it's okay to not have arrived. Yeah. Well, no, maybe I have found something. Oh, maybe you have. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a good song either way. It uh, is. So, yeah, I think uh, I definitely found a lot of those things. And then with the new job there, um, I think I can kind of, like, live in that for a while. I know that's probably not... I got a job as a full-time admissions counselor, so that's probably not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But I think for a good time here, it'll be it'll be good. That's awesome. All right. So, what? Um. What are things, other things, you've shared a lot, but what other things would you want to share with people um, about moving through loss and grief and then starting over? Yeah, I think um, in terms of loss and grief, don't pin yourself down to what you think answers have to be. Hmm. So don't say, I have to reach this point or I have to, I have to be back working at this point. Um, if, if you can, of course, like if you have the space to do that, but um don't say that answers are supposed to be something and you have to reach that goal. Uh, give yourself the space to, you know, let answers be new things that you haven't thought of yet or, um, you know, have any idea of what they could be because sometimes that means going into new territory. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that and, like, also just it's okay to cry and give yourself space to cry uh, and take a nap. So... <laughs> This, are you sure you're just twenty? You're just wisdom coming out oozing from uh, you right now. We can check the certificate. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I heard a couple of things that I heard. Don't let yourself get pinned down. Mm-hmm. I heard you say rest. Um, I heard I heard you say. Um, oh gosh, left my brain. Um, I definitely heard you say don't let yourself get pinned down. Um, and it's okay to cry. Yeah. Um, what about in your experience um, I think a lot of people feel that there are expectations around them to get done with grieving yeah. um, to be better and we don't know what to do with somebody if they're still sad three or four months after the fact Yeah, we want them to not be sad so we won't feel uncomfortable yeah. and obviously there are, there are I think I can think of days where I woke up after my dad passed and I was like, I just got to kick myself in the butt and get going. Like I, I need mm-hmm. to do this for my own mental well-being. But I think when we realize it ourselves, that's different than other people needing us to, to quit early. Yeah. It sounds like you didn't have a lot of that pressure and not, not to throw anybody in your yeah. life under the bus. Cause I don't know, but I, it seems like you had a lot of space and you didn't have a lot of people asking you to hurry up and grieve. Yeah. I think, um, so I think, Yes and no. Okay. So I think there, uh, culturally, what I've been told most of my life is that pressure. And so what I had ingrained within me was that. And I right. was like, so I need to do this. Uh, and I had to actively fight against that and be okay. like, no, I shouldn't do that. That's just kind of what voices are saying. And I kind of had to force myself or like find ways to move out of pressure. Wow. And so, um, yes, I didn't have pressure at some point in there, but... 
There was a cultural pressure that was already built in. Well, and I had to make sure I didn't have that pressure. Yeah. Because uh, I had to, like, I knew that that pressure was wrong. And so I had to, like, move out of spaces uh, where it was. So I made sure, like, with work and school and everything, I was, like, keeping it light. And I wasn't uh, going to force myself to do something that would overexert and would make sure I had the space. Yeah. I hope people hear that. I hope they hear that um, you actively chose to give yourself time and space. Yeah. I just think that's like so important. And I had to like change jobs for that too. Like it okay. required me doing that. Okay. So, so you, you actually set some healthy boundaries there too. I can't be in this space or doing this if I'm going to really work through this in the right way. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Um, how would you encourage someone uh, or someone who finds himself or herself in a similar place in their life today? Whether it's, the situation that didn't work out, the college choice or the job, or just, you know, some choice that they had high hopes for that didn't work out, or facing the loss of, you know, someone that was deeply important to them. Yeah. So I think one thing is what you're feeling is real. Mm -hmm. I think one thing I, I found was like, no, nah, this is just like a problem with me. Like, it's not like a, it's not something that uh, is like the space I'm in's fault. It's actually just my fault. Uh, but it's not your fault. And it's sometimes what you're feeling is like exactly what you need to be feeling. And you do need to move out of that space that you're in. Um, and so you're not crazy. <laughs> uh, and what you're feeling is valid, you know? So. I just want to repeat what you just said. Oh, you all, he said, Titus said, Sometimes what you're feeling is what you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. Just hold on to that. If you are today struggling or grieving or life just is so hard right now. Like sometimes what you're feeling is exactly what you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. For hmm. sure. Okay. So part of starting over, I think, this is just Denise's opinion, but um, is being able to hope for what's next. You know, that... that taking the next step, new direction, new chapter, new year, um, is being able to hope for what's possible and what's next. So Titus, are you, are you able to hope for what's next? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, I've got a new job starting up. Uh, we changed names to Alliance University when right. I went there. We wanted to be clear that we said that they, this fall, right? Yeah. Alliance University. So Nyack yeah. College is now Alliance University. Yeah, because it was located in upstate New York mm -hmm. at a place called Nyack. Oh, that's right. And their graduate and seminary is called Alliance Theological Seminary. So we just switched to that. Okay. Um, but I'm starting a job as a full-time admissions counselor doing that. So I'll be recruiting for, you know, 38 states across the U.S. But we'll find people maybe coming from situations I've, I've known backgrounds I've known and uh, looking for something that I know now. So, wow. Um, so what hopes do you have for the next month or year or years? Like, do you have something you're able to look, look toward down the road? I know. So you've got this new job. What else? Anything else? Yeah. So I think in terms of, um, this next year, it'll be a lot of looking at, uh, and what it's like to be a full-time missions counselor and yeah. doing that and being f having fun doing that. And then being a full-time student too? Yes. Oh, wow. We're doing I'm, both. Well, he's going to have to check back in on us and tell us how that goes. Sometimes That's the rest lot. makes you stronger where you can't actually <laughs> anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that's why I'm taking this time to rest mm -hmm. before I go back. And uh, then we'll be kicking it. We'll move into a rhythm doing that. And then hopefully afterward, he'll be moving into graduate schooling for intercultural studies. Okay. So business and then intercultural studies. Those are a great combo. I know. I think no, I lots of people have been able to use that. So Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. Mm. I, it is just such a joy that you, you know, I, I feel like sometimes God orchestrates intersections with people. And um, I'm just so grateful Gretchen introduced us. I've, it's been fun to watch you on this journey. Um, I've been honored to just, you know, walk it with you, the pieces that parts that we've walked with you and to be able to pray for you. And, and then just to see all that, all that you're reaching for and all that you're figuring out and seeking and letting God work out in your life. Um, I just really appreciate you sharing your story. And I hope, I hope folks 
Hoover today, um, I just, my prayer is that you heard something that encouraged you uh, in any piece of his journey of being in between, of losses, of starting over, um, just figuring out who we are and what that means for the next steps in our life. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good luck second semester. We'll look forward to hearing how it all goes. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> okay. That'll be fun. Happy New Year, everyone. Friends, I am so grateful you joined us for this conversation and story today. I want you to know you can connect with us on Facebook at The Well Tulsa Dinner, find us on Instagram at The Well Tulsa, and you can see what we're doing each week at thewelltulsa.org. But most importantly, we want you to know you are always welcome with us. All of who you are is welcome. All of what you bring about yourself and your life and your story when you show up at the door is welcome. So let us know how we can encourage your life and faith this week. Thank you.